I don't, did you, I don't know, like, do you, there, she's out there. You're the Florida version of Sex in the City, JB. That's when I was smoking my cigar. <laughs> don't be an asshole today. It's crappy. Oh my God. So crappy. It's crappy-ish weather. It's hard to see this time of day with the windows, but. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pouring. It's windy. It's chilly. <laughs> oh, chilly. <laughs> now that you have the air conditioner, you haven't right? had a chance to use it. I can't. I, it's unbelievable. It's haven't really had to put it on. I mean, even when we do, when we do, it's only for like fifteen minutes, and it cools everything yeah. down. So, yeah, nope, haven't had to use it. It's been a weird summer. I think the hottest couple of days are coming up. Uh, the day Gemma's parents get in. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. You'll be happy you have the air conditioner then. Yeah. You know what? And it's only hot to someone like me. You know what I mean? Like seventy-seven. You know, but that's the extreme of it uh, i mean i don't the the hottest day we had was the day that we had our garden party and it got oh, up yeah, yeah. you know and and then after that it was just all it's been you know cloudy a little bit of rain uh, just overcast so it's been keeping things cool and i'm okay with it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm so okay with it okay so we have the um the drummer from Sophie B. Hawkins' band, who you yes. you wrangled into an interview. Um, her name is Katie Marie. Katie Marie. I met her at the Funky Biscuit at uh, Sophie B.'s concert about a month ago. She All right, let's, uh, let's let her in. Hey! Hi! Hello there. Welcome. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's it's great a pleasure to meet you. Oh, thank you. Pleasure to meet you too. How's it going? I'm okay. I'm I'm here in London and it's uh raining heavily. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I keep like telling JD, like I'm worried about my internet. So if I freeze up, just just keep going well, like it never happens. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> okay, cool. Great, great. All right. Excellent. I am so excited you're here today, Katie. I'm really excited to have you. On the show, and the Funky Biscuit. What a great, amazing show that was, and what a talent you are. But I didn't know just how multi-talented you are until I was looking at everything you're doing on uh, online on Instagram in particular. Wow! Oh, wow! You're too kind. Thank you. Oh my gosh! I mean, <laughs> Your guitar playing and your songwriting and the, your drumming and all the all the other instruments you play you play keyboard as well right well yeah well I, a little bit yeah a little bit <laughs> <laughs> well thank you you're very kind you're very kind thank you yeah and that was a really really fun show that i met you at that funky biscuit show it was mm -hmm. so much fun yeah you missed out on a great show denise i heard yeah. it was crazy i I, w I was there in uh, March, you know, for like a month and, gotcha. um, and I'll be back in uh, November. Like I still, 
you know, do a lot of back and forth because my my parents are getting older now and I got to, you know, spend some time and and uh, and look in and look after them. <laughs> for- I, yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm in the same same boat. Yeah, I want to get back to I actually from Devon. I don't know if you ventured that far to the oh, south. Uh, we went, I think I went through Devon on my way to Cornwall. Does that make sense? You did do that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great trip. It's it's such a beautiful area. That coastline is incredible. No, I know. And I miss it a lot. And and now that I'm living in Texas and it takes a good three hours to get to the nearest beach and it's just like, oh, what (laughs) my God, like like a three minute walk, you know, but yeah. Yeah. but uh, yeah, are you from Florida then, Denise? Yeah, yeah. You are. Oh, yeah. No way. yeah, just a, one city over from JD. <laughs> That's how we met. Yeah. I was going to say, how did you two meet? We've been oh. friends for forever. Um, yeah, I used to host a different podcast, and um, every Pride, every Pride, I would get to introduce JD. <laughs> <laughs> Our paths crossed a lot. In the yeah, scene. and then we just wrangled. We wrangled her into like being on our on our <laughs> podcast all the time, and and then we just like we'd stalk her. We would like call her while she was in the middle of shopping at Target, and <laughs> she was on the road when she was at work, like all the time. So yeah, we just uh, we've been friends forever now. I think I think forever is a safe. Pretty much forever. When yeah. I was traveling more for my music, I'd call in the show her show. Yeah. And I like it sounded like I was this world traveler, but I really probably wasn't as traveling as much as it seemed. But uh, <laughs> well, so. we acted like we had we like a famous rock star on. We were all <laughs> like, we love having rockers on our show. <laughs> yeah. and, and you've been traveling with Sophie, right? How do you go on the road with her when she's on the road? Do you play with her all the time? Because I was trying to figure that out. Uh, with your schedule it is kind of it's kind of difficult because it's a cross between my schedule and I'm doing more production work now and also that both Seth and Sophie are in the north and I'm in Texas Mm -hmm. so unless there's like a run of shows it makes it a lot more complicated to actually get me physically up there but um yeah I I mean I love Sophie and Seth dearly and as you probably saw at the show, like we enjoy each other's company so much. And oh yeah. Yeah. It's it's just been such a wonderful, literally life-changing experience, quite honestly, because um I I went into the tour initially suffering terribly with imposter syndrome. And oh. yeah, because Sophie B is somebody whose music I grew up listening to and we did a, a week of shows with Paula Cole and she's mm-hmm. someone who I also right exactly to these that was a right, that reaction yeah and, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah and I just went into the whole thing thinking I'm not good enough they're gonna see through me and blah 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 and it was just so funny to be in their company and realize that they're just people and I was like oh wow they're people they're just like me and they're just like you and um yeah and it was really like I said a, a, a life-changing experience for me to realize that I do actually have something to offer and and uh yeah it was just it's just been awesome how did they oh. how did they find you how did uh Sophie how did they find you that's a great question quite randomly actually Denise <laughs> so, I've, never been, I've 
I've known Seth for for about nine years, and even though we've only met a couple of times, we've interacted online a little bit. And during the pandemic, I was doing a lot of live streams, and I was posting these Funky Friday videos every Friday, where I would challenge myself to come up with an instrumental song in two hours, and I was only allowed to do two takes of each instrument that I was playing. So I would re record like drums, bass, uh, guitar, and some vocals and I had to put it all together in two hours and that was also a great exercise because I do get a little too precious with stuff and I just had to just keep moving you know and it was wow. really yeah yeah so not no. getting wrapped up in stuff and Seth got to see those videos and I, I didn't really know anybody really was watching them to be quite honest <laughs> and then yeah and then he oh. called me probably around this time last year and said you know I've got this tour coming up with Sophie B I thought you'd be a really good fit and it was so funny because I'd literally just decided I wasn't going to tour anymore I was like I'm, I'm not going to tour I'm going to focus on my recording work that's what I'm going to oh, do yeah would you get no, it I can you with you like that this is like oh really <laughs> really now <laughs> But yeah, I had to really think about it. And then I, I said, you know, I can't miss this amazing opportunity. So I said yes. And I, I'm so glad that I did because it's been incredible. So much fun. And all the time, I just have to pinch myself all the time going, is this Aww. me in life right now? It's <laughs> you know? so um, cool. Yeah, you I can see that, uh, that um, synergy between all of you on stage, you know, that you are greatly that you're friends and you respect each other, uh, you know, through the whole show. It's just, it makes it so much more fun for the audience too. And the fact that you guys come out and meet the people after the show was so really, really nice for all of us that were there. Um, Sophie comes out to the merch table, which is refreshing to get to do that, to get to meet the artist. So um, yeah, and I'm enjoying your live streams on Instagram. Oh. You're <laughs> Is it Noodle Thursdays? Uh, <laughs> the Tuesdays where you you do all the different songs and uh, yeah. stuff, and then you write the songs on a fly. I love that. That is so awesome. Well, thank you, JD. I appreciate that. Yeah, I I during the pandemic I started. I actually started four live streams initially because I'm a sucker for punishment. Um, <laughs> but I kept one of them going. For the past three years and that's been my solo show every single tuesday hang out on facebook and yeah it's just a really it's a cool group of people that are just really kind and awesome and we love hanging out with each other and yeah like you said one of the things i do is the km songwriting challenge and i i write a song in 60 seconds and people <laughs> type in their ideas and stuff and yeah sometimes it's a train wreck and other times it's great and you know <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's just a lot of fun. And quite honestly, I didn't think that the live streams would go on as long as they have done. You know, I, yesterday mm -hmm. I did my 129th show. Wow. And I never thought I would be carrying them on three years later, but people are still coming. So they keep <laughs> 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 So awesome. yeah, I've been doing that and also nighttime noodles I've started doing again, which is just instrumental music. 
and I do that on a Thursday night. And the idea of that initially was that I wanted to help people just calm down during the mm-hmm. pandemic because there was just so much stuff and it was so overwhelming. So and I, yeah. yeah, exactly. And I thought if I just create some instrumental music that people can meditate to or listen to or even go to sleep listening to, a lot of people do. Oh. Uh, yeah, that was just my main aim with that. And yeah, I, I I brought nighttime noodles back recently and people seem to be into it. So yeah. yeah. And your wife does those with you? Does she do all of your live streams with you? Because I, I think the one I saw, she was there. Yeah, she, she does. She helps me a lot with my Tuesday show. Um, mm-hmm. She's a harmony vocalist and yeah, she also yeah. helps me because there's a lot of screens, a lot of stuff and things to do. So <laughs> helping me with stuff and she designs all the graphics that are on the screen and everything and yeah but uh yeah it's a lot it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun for sure definitely like uh i think what happens is like a lot of people started doing things during the pandemic and you know kudos to you for keeping it going because mm-hmm. a lot of us have now changed our ways you know like i am very much um in favor <laughs> I'm staying home. Stay <laughs> home. Stay home. I've been to like maybe three live things since the pandemic, you know. And mm-hmm. they, I mean, and Hannah Gadsby, totally worth it, you know. And um, Hannah and Binder um, at the Soho Theater. So you know, I I pick and choose. <laughs> what I mean, like I'm very selective about like why I'm going to leave the house now. <laughs> Got to be yeah. something. D, you know something big it's got to be you know like you know I just I just Gemma just my wife just bought me um tickets for Don French at the Palladium in November so I've got a ton of time to work up to that <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so yeah so, I, I I think that people rely on their entertainment and their you know like you know I have a cousin that's like a um a creator, you know, he does uh, YouTube videos and stuff. Um, and I look forward to his, like his Facebook live updates about who's coming on the show and who's, you know, it's like the gr- a great way to stay in touch with people, but also expose yourself to, um, you know, new stuff and not mm-hmm. having to buy a ticket and then, you know, back out. <laughs> so right. I think right. it's great. Like I, I, I really, I, I like the, the, the freedom of it as a viewer you know it gives me to be able to watch it in my pajamas unshowered like those are blessings that we don't think about all the time <laughs> <laughs> blessings that covid brought you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and i i i too i found it really difficult actually when we started going back to normal mm-hmm. to to feel normal you to know jump right in to just jump whole, right in yeah exactly yeah it's like we put yeah. pause on our lives but we were still growing as people and then we were yeah. expected to go back to where we would paused but it's like but I'm a different person and I've changed you know and, and also I mean I'm a hardcore introvert and for me the pandemic and being stuck at home was not a punishment for me personally I, I agree would I like it Oh, yeah, fine, you know um my wife had a bit of a hard time of it initially because she's an extrovert and she likes to be out and about and she likes to be around people we're very opposite in that way 
but I was fine. And it was actually the one time in my entire life where it's like, my skills are finally going to shine, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So it was kind of a little bit difficult to come out of that where I felt as if I'd finally been able to be fully myself and feel like I could really shine and then pivot again and go back to what I find so difficult, you know, because everybody's like, oh, you're so talented and you're so amazing. And it's like, yeah, but you don't understand the simple things that everyone else finds easy. I find so difficult, you know, just going out the front door. I find it a very difficult <laughs> thing to do. It's not easy for me, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I'm sure you guys heard about the beads saga that happened. I, I had my beads taken from us. Yes, I heard that. Yes. Uh, you got you them know, back. I did, which was just insane. It was totally insane. But I'd taken them off and left them on the side of the stage. Mm-hmm. And someone, while we weren't there, and by the way, that never happens. I always have them upon my person or they're in my bag. And someone had come on the stage and obviously taken them and walked off with them. And amazingly, after putting out a call and saying, look, you know, no hard feelings, guys, but I I, I can't function right now without these. Like, this is a calming, yeah. a grounding thing for me. And without them, I feel really discombobulated. And amazingly, somebody said, yeah, I've got them. I'm sorry. I, I actually didn't realize they were yours. Someone else gave them to me, whatever. Oh, wow. and, and they actually did bring them back to the venue. And the venue then posted them to me and I did get them back. So it was just like this amazing kind of universe putting everything together and I got them back. But oh, it was meant to be. Exactly. Yeah. It was it was crazy, but it happened like right in the middle of a run of shows where it wasn't like I was at home to kind of be like, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, it really threw me for a loop for a couple of days. And again, you know, uh, Sophie and Seth were so kind and nice and and uh you know helping me trying to get them back and so yeah Aww. it was amazing that I and I'm very grateful yeah I'm, I'm shocked that I thought it would be anonymously someone would send them back to you but they actually owned up well they said someone gave them to them so you know you don't know but yeah, yeah that's, 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 I, I'm sorry but I did know that they said they got home and they were looking at them and they were like, hang on a minute, wasn't that drummer wearing some beads? That they take and they were like, oh my God, we've got Katie Marie's beads. Oh shit. And so they called the venue and said, we think we have the drummer's beads. So yeah. And then they brought them back. They brought them back when they said they were going to. So yeah, it was amazing. I think that, you know, that that's that would have had to bring some bad karma or juju if you did not give those back to you. I was thinking that when they were missing, you know, I'm like, oh, someone's got to give those back. How could someone think that could be good in any way? Right. But yeah, um, I agree. It restores your faith, though, you know, like something like that yeah, restores, no, was... restores your faith in humanity, you know, that there's still some good out there, even though the world is an absolute friggin dumpster fire. You know, um, there's there's always like something that that comes through that makes you go, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, I'm okay. so right. Yeah, so right there, Denise. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm honest. Honestly, I I honestly didn't think I would get them back, but I was very surprised when it happened because yeah. that kind of thing never happens to me ever. Ever, <laughs> I don't get things taken from me. And touch wood, it will stay that way. But. You know, <laughs> 
I don't know. Things like that don't happen to me. The universe takes care of me and people are super, so kind and so nice to me. And you know what? I think somebody was just really, really drunk. There were a lot yeah, of probably. people at that gig. And I think they just came up and just weren't even thinking and then just gave them to some random person. I yeah. Think. yeah. <laughs> so, oh, wow. I, don't, I don't think there was any ill intent there, but I agree with you, JD, in that I think it would have been bad karma to not bring them back. <laughs> I was thinking that. Yeah. 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 So what what how did you how did you land in Texas? It's all my wife's fault. It's all her fault. So <laughs> is it really? <laughs> Yeah, they say that yeah. about being here. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, crikey. Yeah, you go. Um, I can only apologize, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I was wondering, like, what, what keeps you there in, in, in Texas? Yeah. Okay. So you're like me. Austin's <laughs> a great music city, though, right? I mean, there's so much, especially original indie music in Austin. Um yeah. I, I played, uh, there was one couple of tours I did playing for bases, military bases, and I played Fort Hood and we flew into Austin and drove to Colleen. And um, I just wanted to stay in Austin because I didn't realize how much that city had so much music. So, mm -hmm. but I was just in and out through the, through the airport, you know, and then I, I've not made it back there. So I want to, I want to go back there and uh, and you know hopefully see you in a show and go back there and play. I know there's so many different places to play there too. Um, yeah, I was going to say you need to come back then, JD. We need to rectify yeah. this. Plane ride away, <laughs> not that I think it's an hour. Are you an hour difference from where yeah. from here? Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, um, you know I love your songwriting um, when you do the writing you know, challenge, but I love your, your songs, that, you know, your other songs that you have written and produced and oh, okay. thought about, you know, not the challenge ones. Um, where do you, where does that come from? Like, do you, because as a writer, as a songwriter myself, I don't always write from personal experience. Sometimes it's observation. Um, do you have a lot of your own personal experience in your songs, um, particularly the one about, um, having the not having the person that you want there's i can't think of the name of that song oh god which one? so many of those <laughs> <laughs> i'm one of two of those <laughs> joni told me to say hello and she asked me uh to ask Aww. you the song yeah she said i love that one song she wrote and she couldn't think of the name of it today and i because i told her you were going to be on the show yeah, but did um, it come from personal experience usually or? You know, that's a really great question. And I think initially, yes, it, it was pretty much all it was because I got into songwriting because I was this like angst, angry, closeted teenager and no one understands me. And I was yeah. all the things I'm very angry about. And so I was like, <laughs> oh, about all my feelings, which and uh yeah, so everything up until probably about kind of 10 years ago was just all personal experience and uh, just being super honest and, and raw and all that stuff. And then I got teamed up with an amazing engineer called Isha Erzkine. He's a Grammy Award winning engineer. And we started writing TV tunes together. 
And he's like from a real kind of clean clinical sort of um, not pop, but his his production style is very clean and very tuned vocals. And I was the complete opposite. It's just like if there's little mistakes, it's like, no, that's cool. That adds character. That's great. <laughs> now the vocals are a little bit flat there. It's emotive and that's what matters. You know? And so we thought butt heads all the time and then we came out of it with these really cool tv tunes and i think really from there it kind of changed to me writing about other things and other people and and just you know reading books and writing about stuff that i'd i'd read about and i mean the past five years i've been focusing a lot more on producing and production which is really like what i'm mostly focused on these days and the cool thing is that I'm working with artists and I can give them my opinion because sometimes we can be a bit too close to stuff to really uh, mm-hmm. be objective and know when to stop sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, But the problem is that I've gotten to the point where I've, I've been working so much on other people's things that I find it difficult to write those emotive songs these days. And yeah. I'm actually trying to dive back into that sort of honesty thing that I used to find so easy. And now I actually don't. I find it very easy to knock out a TV tune that's about someone else or something else. But that personal stuff, I'm actually finding harder to, to write these days, which is weird. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> how about you? That how about you? Interesting. Um, I write, you know, when I was... The one thing I can never write is a love song. Like I write, I had a lot of angst too. And and I think a lot of my original writing was from me being closeted as, you know, Denise remembers I was married for 25 years to a man. And so in that marriage, like my, I, you know, I realized when I was around 30 something that it probably wasn't for me. And I was so distracted by trying to have a baby during my 20s. I had endometriosis and a lot of issues and that I I didn't stop to think about who I really was. And then when I started playing music because I just needed to feel good about myself again after having gone through that whole infertility thing, um, I just started playing out and I started writing and playing in the bars and in the women's bars and the lesbian bars and well manners in Fort Lauderdale. That's when I met Denise and Donna with the lesbian lounge. (laughs) Awesome. And and everyone was saying like, you know, are you sure, you know, you're, you're sure? Like everybody's wondering about me. Who's this guy? Who's that? <laughs> What's Terry doing here? So funny. And so all of the you know, that's my husband. We're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like for now, you know. And we want the exclusive on our show when you come out. I'm like me, you know. Yeah. I'm playing in the clubs, you know. But I um so. All of those feelings is what I wrote about my first two albums that if you hear like those songs, that's what you hear. So it's a lot of unrequited love and wanting people you can't have. And, but um, the one thing I could never write was a love song. And people have asked me to write their wedding song. And I have a really tough time with that. And I have a friend who's also a, a writer and a musician. And she said, you can't sell it because you don't buy it. And I'm like... <laughs> that was so deep when she told me that I'm like wow you know you're right you are you know so I guess write that down (laughs) 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 if you don't buy it and that was so true and and so 
to, you know, I cut the angst stuff and all of that wanting and not having, you know, comes from when I was writing my, my own personal experience. And then I've had occasion where people have asked me, can you write me a song for my mom and dad? And, you know, I'll be like, tell me a little about them. And, or I'll write a song about, um, when I lost my dog, I wrote a song called Without You when I had to put my dog down. But I wrote that song about like a relationship. Like if you heard it, you wouldn't know it was about my dog. You know, you would, it could be a person, you know. I was the hardest one for me to ever sing out. I could never sing one out without crying. Yeah. But, uh, so it's a little of both like with you. I think maybe as writers, we have to pull from different places uh, to get that. But I, I love your original music. I mean, your lyrics are so brilliant. Oh, um, on top you. of the music that you put to it, I'm blown away by all the instruments you play. I'm like, Denise, you got to watch a Tuesday night because you'll have to stay up. Um, <laughs> England, yeah, um, I'm a night owl anyways. <laughs> just, I mean, are, would you say the drums is your first instrument or is it guitar? Because you're an amazing guitar player. Well, thank you. It's very kind of you. Um, I would, I don't, it's it's weird because people do ask me this and I wish I had a really good answer for them. You know, I started off originally on piano and I'm really grateful that I did that because piano helps you have a good idea of like theory in a way that guitar just doesn't, you know, mm -hmm. if you look at a fretboard, nothing makes any sense. But if you look at right. a piano, you're like, oh, yeah, that's why that's a sharp. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, so really, I actually gravitated towards guitar when I wanted to get into songwriting mm -hmm. and, and then from there I started getting into recording and I wanted to record my songs and I had a Fostex, a Fostex uh, four-track cassette recorder and yeah I needed bass and drums and yeah. I was like hmm go out and converse with members of the human race or keep <laughs> those two instruments. I shall teach myself those two instruments. <laughs> That's where that came from. Then it's actually ah. served me pretty well. It's worked out all right. But that was the whole reason that I taught myself is because I need I need a rhythm section for my song. <laughs> so you're the rhythm section. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So I kind of learned drums and bass around the same time when I was 17. I started, I started teaching myself those two things. Yeah, yeah self-taught awesome. too. Self-taught. That's amazing. Honestly, thank My you. My wife's like that though. Like I, you know, she plays violin, but then you know, of course, she can play guitar. She can, you know, put like a keyboard thing on her phone and can bang out like something on her phone. And I'm just not musically inclined. Like creative is all get out. You know, like yeah, I wrote three books, but I can't learn music for anything. <laughs> you know what like you guys were saying about songwriting for me uh writing for writing books is it's write what you know mm -hmm. you know what I mean like you're just yeah. gonna be able to complete it whereas when I was writing something that wasn't a life experience for me I I dove in head first and I realized that to balance that out, I had to write things that I did know about. Like J like like JD, you I know you love the book Good At Good at It because a lot of it takes place <laughs> in Florida. And it yeah. was all my Florida experiences, but none of it happened, you know, none of what the character was going through happened to me. 
you know, so <laughs> like I still had to have things that I knew about to feel, to feel comfortable to get through it. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I'm very much about like, write, write what you know, like I couldn't write, you know, a book about a satellite technology company, <laughs> you know, like I just I couldn't <laughs> do that, you know, so I have to like keep it light and keep it comic and, you know, uh, make it more about stuff that I'm familiar with, you know. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So you write fiction stuff, Denise? I uh, no, the first one. Well, well, it, yeah, well, you know, change the names kind of thing. <laughs> so it wasn't, you know, it was literally kind of like my coming out story. And it because wow. the publisher had a minimum, we had to break it up into two. So qualified as two books. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, there. Yeah, I, I, and I got another one in the works. You know, like I got the I got the index cards written out and everything. I just gotta piece it together and and start typing. Great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Very and I'm cool. like I'm really fortunate though, because like my one of my best friends is um an editor. <laughs> so yeah, Great. when we were do when we, you know, when we were um working on the first one, I knew that she was gonna have an incredibly hard time. Like she's so quintessential British, you know. She's like changing all the don'ts and can'ts to cannot and do not. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, you guys don't you guys don't use contractions like the way she's like, mm, not really. So yeah, there was it was it was funny watching, you know, like she would give me back a, a, a stack of notes, you know, of changes. Oh wow. Man. But she's so smart that, you know, everything we we compromised on on some things because I really wanted it in my voice, but she was so great. And you know, I gave up like six months into the submitting it to publishers um, journey. I completely gave up and just said this, this, you know, after I got like a couple of rejections, I'm like, this is bullshit. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> and Katie just like took it and ran with it. And, um, you know, like a year later, she came back to me and said, we got a publisher. And I'm like, I didn't even know you were still submitting. <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. Like, not only do we got a publisher, you got a three book deal. So that it was awesome. Yeah, so oh, I knew that split, whole story. Yeah, split one into, into two. And then I had a short story that I just built on and made and made it the third, the third. So I, I banged out my three novels and like, eight months <laughs> I was there, like I had a year to write three and I like banged them out and you know <laughs> a little over six months so yeah now I have you know time to it's it's nice when you when you're not you know uh, under pressure you know so now I can kind of at my own pace start piddling around and, and see what we come up with and and then give it to give it to Katie <laughs> Because yeah. like, I'm not good at submitting it and not good at getting rejection letters. So I let her handle that. And like, don't tell me who's rejected it. Cause then I'll, I'll go online and I'll be like, I'll hate her, you know, like, <laughs> I hate this publisher. Oh my God. These days, I hate them. So <laughs> don't yeah. tell me who rejected it, you know, <laughs> but yeah, so, it's, fun. it's a good way to fill the days. Has, uh, has working with Sophie um, gotten you like, have you met a lot of other, people like Paula Cole that were your either like people that you grew up listening to, like, or just other people in the, in the business that you were like, 
that Star era was fantastic. You saw it, yeah, I know what you mean, like Paula Cole and Sophie B. And you yeah, know, like that we whole just era, about, yeah. there, was a, there was a question on uh, we watch Pointless when we're eating dinner, and there was a <laughs> there was um one of the topics had you know songs with the with the word um cars, you know, in their title, and it was Snow Patrol. Right. And I'm like, oh, I forgot all about them. I love them. You know? <laughs> I mean, like, the, the, it was such a good, good era for music. You yeah. Know? Yeah. yeah sure. For sure. And also, that, I mean, growing up in the 90s, I would say that really Sophie B and Paula were the main two female artists that I looked to um, right. role models because all the other female artists seem to be very sort of stereotypical and mm -hmm. following a it was very kind of cookie cutter you know yeah real they were very much doing yeah. their own thing yeah. i mean you know both of them were producing and and writing their own stuff and sophie b's first instrument was drums and you know i mean if you listen to to paula's albums it's like they they could have been recorded last week they're so current mm -hmm. and relevant and same with sophie b you know um but yeah, I mean, I mean, I I haven't met any other people uh, through Sophie B, but it's it's been a it's been a lesson in growing wider rather than taller for me. You know, it's like I I got to this point where I felt like I I'm moving up the ladder and I need to keep going up, and I've realised that I'm actually at the point where I want to be, and I I need to I needed to look inside of myself and change things about myself, mm -hmm. and you know, meeting. And hanging out with Sophie and Paula has has done my confidence the world of good. And I mean, Sophie B is is a friend of mine, and we you know text and talk all the time. And um, yeah, I love and care about her very much. And sweet. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so sweet. that must have been now. Now you saying that you know they were the two people that were your influences. That must have been like crazy for you when you got invited to tour with her. Like I can't even That's imagine. <laughs> you, that's, what, that's my Sharon. That's my Sharon Glass moment. Yeah, yeah. Idolized, right? I idolized Sharon Glass my entire childhood. It's my teen years and everything, and then got to work for her. You know, for for uh, for a while when she was here doing a play in in London, and it was just like it's mind blowing. And they always say like, "Don't meet your heroes." No, no, man. Sometimes it's okay. Yeah. 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 God, that yeah, that had to be. I mean, I just can't imagine. I I know what you mean when you say the pinch me, pinch me, and I loved what you wrote when the tour was done. I guess the part of the tour where you played the Funky Biscuit, and I think you played on the West Coast in Florida, and then you went home to Austin, and you wrote like uh, it's always hard to separate. Like when you, something about that you wrote on Instagram, like it's the separation anxiety when you leave each other. Um, I just thought that was really sweet, like, you know, that, and you were like still acknowledging how incredible that is to just experience to be with, with artists like that and tour with them. Um, cause sometimes people aren't that honest about it and they'll act like it's cool. You know, like, it's like no big deal. You know what I mean? Like, I just love that you were so real because it's, it, it is real, you know, but I mean, you, all of you were like that in meeting you guys that night. It was really, I was afraid to walk up to you because I'm like, that was the drummer. And I, <laughs> I, my, sister was there. my sister was with us too. And I'm like, 
she goes, well, go say hello. I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to bother her, you know, and, but you were so gracious and so nice. And I'm like, should I ask her about the podcast? And <laughs> you were so nice. Here's my Instagram. You know, like it was great. Like it, it's really nice to see that. And, you know, I, I just wish you all the best. Like I, I just, I think it's awesome that you were getting to do this with someone who you really respected and, and grew up, you know, I don't know if, if idolizing is the right word, but, you know, like really uh, being influenced by her music. Yeah. That's awesome. It doesn't happen every day for people in the business. No, no not at all. And, and uh, you know, I still have found it a little strange, us just going off and doing our own thing again, you know, because we were in each other's company for quite a few months. Mm -hmm. And when the three of us were together, it just like we it all just fitted together. It all just worked, you know, it was so cohesive. And it's, you know, been the easiest time of touring. And yeah, it's, it's it took me a long time to get back into my own thing and, and getting back into my production stuff. And I really genuinely missed Sophie B and Seth a lot because we oh. spent so much time with each other and I genuinely like them very much. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it is, it is weird. It's weird to go back to, to normality, but I'm just so incredibly grateful that I got the chance to do, to do that. And like you say, be with someone who, whose writing had such an impact on all of us. Yeah. And, and Sophie B is so authentic and genuine and she is herself 100% of the time and I aspire to be like that and you know growing up like I said she was somebody who I looked up to because she was so unapologetically herself she couldn't give a crap about what anyone thought it's just like no I'm going to do this and I'm going to sing these songs and this is exactly how it's going to be yeah you know there's, there's it seems like you know like you like you were saying you 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 taught yourself instruments because you you needed a rhythm section you know what I mean but some musicians just do the independent thing because it's a way of being true to yourself you know and you know what remember we had that conversation uh JD with Melissa Farrick yes yes so another one that's that's really tried and true you know honest raw it doesn't change you know for for anyone and it marches to her own beat and I, and I just it's so refreshing is a good word but it's also um inspiring for people I think that you just you know like I I hate when I see and I and I like I'm just throwing out names here and I don't mean anything bad by it but like you take like a Demi Lovato um or a Selena Gomez and you see them that they've been put through the grinder you know mm -hmm. like put through the pop music grinder mm -hmm. and spit out what they are now and I feel like there's probably a story there you know yeah. that yeah. you know I would would like to know the the, the flip side of it and, and not a studio creation you know it's it's a yeah. shame it's a shame that it happens but it yeah. uh, it's so sad did you guys read that Sinead O'Connor died I did Oh yes, my yeah. God. Uh, Gutting, yeah. isn't it? It's just like trailblazer and then, you know, such hardship. But I think yeah. the thing that I love the most about her was that she said the stuff that nobody wanted to hear. Right. right. Like it was out there 
and we all knew it and nobody was saying anything and she would say it you know and and not apologize and and that's just like like that's an ode to authenticity right there you know it's amazing it's amazing because we do go we always talk about how we reinvent ourselves time and time again and you know there's some people that just don't need to (laughs) you know what I mean they are what they are they're Mm -hmm. not going to change and we love them for who they are you know Mm -hmm. like I always think that about Melissa Etheridge like I interviewed her I would say probably like three or four times when I was writing for a magazine, a South Florida magazine and her and um, the Indigo girls, like I've interviewed them time and time again to the point of, I don't have questions to ask them anymore. Like I just I can't come up with anything. It's just conversation now, you know? Tell them so um, well now. Yeah. But I love the fact that, you know, five years after my first interview or whatever, I can go back and talk to them and they're, they're completely the same. You know, they're not, I mean, they've got new music and they're excited to talk about the music and what inspired it and all that kind of stuff, which is great. But you just see that they're comfortable with who they are. And I just love that. Like, I just absolutely love that. Like I've interviewed people like Jennifer Hudson, you know, and I just felt like it was so programmed. All the responses were programmed. I felt like she was reading a script and, you know, like that kind of thing. But, you know, with some people, you can just have a conversation and be at ease. Mm -hmm. The information comes out, you know, that you need for the for the interview. You get there eventually, but it's a great journey and it's fun. And again, you know exactly what to expect. And Mm -hmm. I think that's great. Like, I don't I don't want surprises at at this age. I don't want surprises. (laughs) You know what I mean? You know yeah. what I liked in your show uh, with Sophie when she played the drums with you when she came back and and did some you know duet stuff on the drums, and then when I was telling some people about that because Melissa Etheridge did that in her concert. Oh, um, yeah, she did, and I'm like, is this the new thing that you know artists are doing? And I just had a show on Saturday and over here at the um, Arts Garage. And I did it, and people just think that's so cool. I went back and played with the drummer, but I was telling them I that, was floored because I didn't even know that she could play drums. Yeah, I actually played drums first in my first band before I played anything else. And then, because I was writing, I played guitar. But also, like you, Katie, I started out with the piano. That was my basic learning as a child. We, we all had to take piano lessons. I guess you didn't know that about me, Denise. I, didn't, I feel like I'm learning something new week after week after week. And we've known each other forever. <laughs> right? I was going to say, are you sure you've known each other forever? <laughs> this is crazy. This is, I oh, want to be exclusive on your sexuality. And I'm getting yeah. everything else. <laughs> right, yeah. Just got oh, the important information down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that and the drums. But I have to tell you, you can tell Sophie when you when you speak with her. So I'm telling these people, um, I was so cool. I was telling them you were going to be on the show and about Sophie's show and everything. And I said, she went back and she played drums with the drummer. And then she got a conga drum and she like got down on her knees and she was playing that like she's so like when you're watching her she's like in the music like it's almost like she doesn't even realize people are around her anymore like she's just in it you know and and I go but the and that was amazing but the most amazing thing to me was she got up 
from the floor. Because <laughs> 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 I'm sitting there thinking, how is she going to get up? There's nothing to lean on around her. Like, are they going to end the show with her? On the, you know, end the set on her? But yeah, I was so like, that was impressive. Like that she gets down and gets back up again. That was that was part of the most impressive thing. I, I am that most impressed totally by her relationship. But the fact <laughs> that she gets Go back from being down on the floor is very, very cool to me. Because I would have to stay there. I would have to just stay there and have to hurt and come down and somebody would have to help me up. I would not be able to get yeah. up. Oh, yeah. 100%. You know me. Last time I fell, I, I was there for 20 minutes. So. <laughs> like she's got to be, is she like an avid yoga uh, person or? I was going to say, yeah, she is a hardcore yogi and she, yeah. you know, does, well, yoga. every time I saw she did yoga. She's like a real like Jedi knight of the, the yoga world. And she's like, why don't we do yoga together? And I'm like, no, I'm not that good. I feel like you might laugh at me if you see me do yoga. Yeah. Um, she does it properly like it looks like proper yoga when she does it when i do it it's sort of like yeah i think i'm supposed to do this and this or whatever <laughs> um, but yeah the other thing that i was going to say that um what, what you were talking about there jd was that the thing i one of the many things i love about sophie b is that she's she's the purest artist i think i've ever met like she um protects being an artist and, and songwriting and music more than anyone I've ever met. And I used to be like that, you know, and I've sort of got more into, you know, grown up boring stuff as I've gotten older, but she's remained like, no, my art is the number one thing and I'm going to carve out time for songwriting. And wow, yeah. It's amazing how much how she holds that in such high regard and protects it. And I, yeah, it's something that's kind of inspired me to try and do the same. But I, I have slacked on that over the years. <laughs> oh, easy to hard, get though. I mean, it is hard. We say that all the time. Like, you know, if you're if you're working a, a day job, you know, and trying to get stuff off the ground, that's hard. If you're working a day job and you're in a relationship, that's hard. If you're working a day job, you're in a relationship and you got your family to contend with, that's hard. But I mean, yeah. if you all that stuff, you know, like you if you have the ability to just quiet all that and say, I'm sorry, I need a couple hours to myself. I'm going to lock myself away now, deal with your things, you know, <laughs> and leave me alone. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing that you could do yeah. that. Like, that's amazing. You probably mm -hmm. need like a best-selling record to be able to have that. Uh, have that basis. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Over your family. I am Sophie B. And right. I'm Sophie B. Bugger off. I'm writing. Right. Got it. Got it. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Because I mean, really, it's it's uh, it, it's challenging. Like even for myself, like even if I just say to myself, I'm going to write 3000 words today. It has to be after the cats have been fed, after I vacuumed, after all the dishes are done, after the laundry is going, you know, like all these things that have to get done right. in order for them to not be on the back of my mind while I'm. Yes. Yeah. I don't want to feel rushed. I don't want to feel pressured. You know, I, so all the conditions have to click, you know, for, for, you know, for me to really get at it. So, you know, God, I wish I had, I wish I could just like say, now's my time, you know, <laughs> every day at this time, now's my time, you know, that'd be amazing. So, so yeah, you know, it's tough. I really, I, I give you guys credit for 
you know, just even being able to, 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 you know, to do your, your Tuesday night thing, you know, mm-hmm. those little challenges or whatever, and consistently, you know, like, holy crap, like that's. Well, <laughs> they don't always turn out great, Denise. That's the thing. <laughs> Still, it, it's I always try them, but they don't always turn out great. <laughs> Just a disclaimer. Yeah, part of it. <laughs> right, yeah, but I'm not afraid to do that in front of a group of people that are watching me online. So there we go. <laughs> but the thing of it is, it's like exercise, though. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're, yeah. you're keeping your muscle, your muscles toned for, for that. So I think that's. You know, you got my respect. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Do you have any? Do you have things uh, that are coming up, or or just do we just want to keep people tuning in on Tuesdays and maybe for some noodles on Thursday? Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, I do my solo show every Tuesday, six p.m. Central Daylight Time, from my Facebook page. And as far as stuff and things coming up, I'm mostly doing production stuff, which is really where all of my focus is going at the moment. I've got a, a session coming up at the weekend, an amazing space that I work out of called Blue Rock Studios. And you need to check it out because it's a beautiful space and you will swoon as soon as you see photos of it. And uh, yeah, I've, I've started doing more projects there which has been the place I've been wanting to to spend more time at. And, and it all seems to be coming together, which is awesome and very exciting. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's really where all my energy is going at the moment is production and recording stuff. And actually, uh, we were talking about songwriting earlier. I am planning on releasing an EP at some point. And I've, I've mixed and recorded a few songs. I've got one more left, which I'm actually planning on live streaming. I'm going to live stream me actually recording it and mixing it at Blue Rock. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I saw like, you. We might have just got an exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> and your workshop, Girls with Guitar Workshop, I don't know if that's what you called it, but I, call, I was calling it that, um, the workshop that you did. That looked really cool. I would have loved to go to that. Oh, thanks, JD. Yeah, there's a, a brilliant and talented singer-songwriter in town called Mandy Rowden, and she has a school called Girl Guitar, which I think she's been doing for about 15 years now. And she allows us to run workshops through her space. Yeah. And it was a live sound workshop. And one of the things that I really wanted to do was to get these ladies feeling empowered. And what I really don't like to see is like powerful women becoming small in situations just because they don't know and they're frightened to ask stuff. You know, mm-hmm. so I wanted to create a space where they could ask even what seemed to them the most stupid questions, but none of them had stupid questions. They were all brilliant questions. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was actually part two. I've already done a part one and everybody's like, do another one. So I did another <laughs> one. And they're like, do another one. So I'm going to do a part three that's going to be coming up. Oh, fantastic. Um, yeah, it's really, really awesome. It's just nice to be able to share these this this knowledge that I have from, from years of messing it up myself <laughs> and about how to do stuff. And to be able to share it with other people and help them feel more empowered is just so awesome. And I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing that you share it. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. It really is. Do you come from a musical family like growing up where was everyone playing something or was this something that you was in you? Well, that's actually, that's a really good question. And my parents are not musicians, but they are the most musical people I've ever met in that they love music. 
and there was always something playing in the house so that my mum was either playing a record or my dad had the radio on and my mum loved uh James Taylor and Mamas and yeah. Papa, Carol King yeah good stuff uh, yeah, yeah. That's definitely ingrained in me. But the interesting thing was that I, for the longest time, believed I was the first artist and specifically musician in my family. And I found out about a year ago, there was this guy who emailed me and he's like, uh, we're related oh. on your grandmother's side. And I'm like, that's bullshit because my <laughs> grandmother, we didn't know much about at all. So my granddad, I know a lot about that side of the family. And you can actually trace his family right back to the 13th century. Wow. Um, yeah, I know a lot about that side. But my grandmother was a very private person and we didn't know anything about her at all. And she passed away when I was 11. And so this guy was saying that he was related to me through my grandmother. And I was like, that cannot be true. Anyway, uh, make a long story even longer. It turned out it was true and that he knew everybody that was on my grandmother's side and he had photographs and everything and guess what they were all musicians yeah they're all <laughs> musicians and they all played by ear and they all taught themselves how to play stuff which is just insane so it's actually in my dna past I was generations, and i didn't even know interesting wow. cool? yeah that's pretty cool like you know i have one cousin that's very much into like the genealogy stuff and the ancestry and all that. And uh, it's funny because like every year he sends out, you know, his updates or whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> whatever. And I throw, it, I throw it out. It's just not something that ever interests me. But I see like people are really getting into this kind of thing, you know, like TV shows and, you know, like that's the last, I would never put <laughs> that out there, but I mean, it's just my friend just started a podcast about it. As a matter of fact, we're going to have her on the show next next month, J, JD. Oh, <laughs> yeah, they're they're doing a, a podcast about uh, the process of it, and it's like, oh my god, honestly, it's 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 just it's crazy. But how funny that like you had no knowledge, and this guy yeah. just blew your mind. That's crazy. just out of nowhere. Yeah, so bizarre. And I thought he can't be telling me the truth. And he was. He's totally telling me the truth. And to look at the, the pictures of these people, and it's like, oh my God, this guy was a pianist and she was a pianist. And he played in this pub and he played in this orchestra and he played in this theatre. And you know, just all this all this information and these people that I knew nothing about, and yet they're in my DNA, you know. And uh, talking of DNA, I actually did the DNA thing. I don't know if either of you guys have done a DNA test, but um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Well, I did it because I was inspired by all my American friends whose uh -huh. DNA tests are so exciting. It's like, well, I'm 5% Scandinavian, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> African or something. You know, it's all really cool. Like, oh, my God, it's so exciting. So I did my DNA test. And I was bitterly disappointed when my results came back because it turned out I was 100% British. Which <laughs> I actually found out is actually quite rare. And I didn't know that. It is. Um, it is. It is. 80% of that is essentially Devon, which is where I'm from, which is actually not a surprise at all because that's a very Devonian thing to do is to, is to <laughs> be born and die and literally the same <laughs> <age>. <laughs> That's just what people do in my neck of the woods. So, uh, yeah. I'm uh, doing what I'm not supposed to be doing. Well, there's never houses for sale there. Exactly. Never. Yeah. yeah. I'm, on, I'm on Zoopla. Yeah, never. 
Yeah, you know, you watch a little escape to the country, and I'm like, oh, look at this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I go right to Zoopla, and I'm like, nope, nope, they got nothing, right, nothing, nothing. <laughs> no. You know no. something funny, Katie? I did it. Yeah. I always used to tell people I'm I'm all Sicilian, and they're like, nobody's all everything, right? I'm like, everybody in my family is, you know, they're not only Italian. My dad was born in Sicily. My mom was born here, but, you know, her people were born in Sicily. I did it and I was also like not as much, not a hundred percent, but ninety-eight point nine percent specifically Sicilian, which was like weird because it's like that's like a seaside, like an island. Like you right. picture people must have been coming through, right? Like how could but um yeah, I mean it was just they kind of all married the people from the village, like like you're saying, like, you know, I <laughs> my own immediate family. It was like that on my dad's side. They they just married the people in the village. So I guess, you know, that's funny that that I didn't know I'd never met anyone that was so much of one thing. I mean, to be a hundred percent is really rare. Absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. But that's super cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I, know that much. I only know what my mother tells me and I gotta get a lot <laughs> out of her every visit because you know it's all starting to go now get it out get it out that's it when the, old, <laughs> the older ones start going that's when you get a little fearful like oh man i'm never going to hear the story again about so and so getting soap shoved in his mouth for swearing or what you know whatever. <laughs> so yeah it's like yeah man i'm gonna have to start you know maybe make recordings like thank god like my wife did that um she had very specific questions and she asked her granddad um, about stuff. And um, when he, you know, I went through this thing just recently, like maybe about a year and a half ago where my dad died when I was like 19. And, you know, I got, I, I got a ton of pictures and, you know, stuff like that. And I look just like him. So I, I see him in the mirror every day, but Aww. I went through this thing where I started fearing that I, I didn't have any audio. And I was a, I was for, forgetting what he sounded like, and it was freaking me out. And um, I was messaging with one of my cousins that's in New York, and uh, he said, "Oh, give me a couple of days." And I didn't know what he meant by that, but I was like, "Okay." And the next thing you know, he sent me a whole bunch of clips of my dad at his wedding that I was also in, and he, my dad was in too. Um, and it was just all. Uh, you know, just my dad, just naturally funny, you know, and it was just like him, you know, cracking people up at the table and stuff like that. But it was like, oh my God, finally. And so he goes, well, next time you're back in New York, you know, I'll just burn a copy of, of, you know, my wedding and, you know, cousin Rocky's wedding or whatever. And you'll have the DVDs in this way, you know, you'll, you'll have all that stuff or we can put it on a, you know, a drive or whatever. So I was like, wow, you know, it was like really. And, wow. um, and Gemma, when her granddad died, she went back through her files and she had this um, just a short clip. It was like maybe three or four minutes of him telling uh, a story about how he met his wife and, you know, their courtship, you know, kind of thing. And they, they were looking for something like that for his funeral. And she had that. So they played that at his funeral and it was just like, Oh man, you're so smart, you know, like to, to have, to have done that. I wish I would have would have done that. Just had one on one, you know, audio recordings and stuff. It's it's so it's it's amazing because wow. you, know, you think about that stuff the older you get. Like I didn't really 
give a rat's ass about it when I was in my twenties and thirties. But man, I tell you, 50 changes everything. Oh yeah. Everything. The way you think about everything. It's crazy. All right. That's my cat telling me it's time. I've got to say, don't talk to your wife like that there, Denise. (laughs) All right. All right. So bossy. (laughs) He thinks he owns the joint. He's a cat. Of course he does. He's a little grifter, man. They're little grifters. They do nothing but sleep and eat poop. (laughs) (laughs) He's telling me when it's time to eat. (laughs) The nerve. All right. No, seriously. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Okay. Just had to get him. He's been on this thing where he's been really vocal lately, like just out of the clear blue, just meowing his head off. Like like nuts. He was doing it so much that he lost his little voice. Yeah, I felt so bad for him, but that's how you know vocal he's been. We just recently switched his food, so he's like, I'm he's liking this new stuff and it's he's letting us know that it's it's okay. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna let you ladies go. Thank you so much. Here today with us. Thank you. This has been great. Like I, I can't wait. Just tell me what your Instagram handle is, so we can well get it out there for everybody. Sure. My Instagram handle is my name with music, and it's got underscores in between just to make things more complicated. So it's Katie (laughs) underscore Marie (laughs) underscore. That's fantastic. Right. (laughs) And Facebook is is same thing. Facebook, just to make life more confusing, is actually Funky Girl. F-U-N-K-E-E-G-I-R-L. Excellent. Okay. Fantastic. I thank you so much for Sorry, your uh, Thank you so much. Time. Yeah. Thank you for asking me. It's lovely to hang out with you both. And let's do this again sometime. I would, well, I would when you come back to Devon, you know, like drop an email. Let I me will. know. Maybe I will. Maybe over. I'm, I'm way over in South London, but, you know, we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I've been dying to go to England and London in particular. So I'm coming there this year at some point. Well, pub tour, pub yeah. tour. There you go. I feel like you're going to get to Austin before you get to London. <laughs> I'll pick up Katie in Austin and we'll come to England. There you go. There you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, ladies, have a wonderful night. Thank you, guys. See ya. Why do you always run? Like, never stop chasing your dreams. We drank way too much whiskey. And I confess, my addiction, my addiction is you.
to her touch, that's true. 